With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everyone, to the Osmo Daily Fantasy Football Newsroom, where I, your host, Kyle Dvorak, find me on Twitter at KyleTweets here, break down yesterday's training camp news, give you the fantasy spin on it, and show you how to make action of what is going on as we head into week one of the NFL season. Before we get into any bit of yesterday's news, I just want to remind you, you can go to Osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football to get access to our draft kit for just $29.95. You get access to a ton of awesome tools and you get a $35 code if you're a new user at the FFPC. That is free money right there. Don't pass up on all the awesome tools we have at Osmo.com. That includes our draft wingman tool, which helps you build optimal season-long and best ball teams. That includes our breakout sleepers and bust table, and of course, our fantasy football rankings and projections, our first ever set of season-long projections done by Alex Osmo Baker, the world's number one daily fantasy football player. So please go ahead and check that out, Osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. Now let's get into yesterday's news. Yesterday, the big piece of breaking news was Leonard Fournette signing with the Buccaneers. Interestingly, he clears waivers. That means no team has to pay his $4.1 million salary, the same with him not getting traded for. And speaking with Greg Allman, a Buccaneers beat reporter, one of the better beat reporters out there across all teams, that was the big hangup. His teams just didn't want to pay that $4 million. I mean, that's why the Jaguars let go of him, is because they could save some money by not paying a replacement level back. Leonard Fournette now with the Buccaneers. Interestingly, Bruce Arians, basically the day after he signed, says it's his job in reference to Ronald Jones and not Leonard Fournette, despite the fact that it looks like Leonard Fournette is going to be getting a lot of basically recouping a lot of the draft capital in fantasy drafts that he lost. Bruce Arians, in reference to Ronald Jones, says it's his job. Nothing has changed for him. He added that the rest of the guys are working for roles and injury insurance. Later, it was added that LaShawn McCoy could still hold on to a bit of a receiving a third down role. He's a pretty good blocker. He has a lot of experience in the league. He's a guy who coaches can at least trust to be out there on third downs. But because of that, I really don't see much of a role for Leonard Fournette in this offense. I really think he is set up to just be the understudy to Ronald Jones, a guy they brought in as above average depth. I think he's a good depth signing for a team that could use a hammer like him to complement Ronald Jones, who's also put on some weight this offseason, supposedly pure muscle that he put on. But to me... And according to Greg Allman, Bucks beat reporter, Ronald Jones, it's his job to lose right now. And they could sub him out. That's one thing he added on his own accord when I talked to him, basically saying that, yeah, he will get first crack at it, but anything, you know, miss blitz pickups, fumbles could send him off the field. And that's something we've seen with Bruce Arians time and time again, that he is really, I'd say punitive because he's got a job to do. He needs this team to win. That is his job is to put the best players out there. But he is undoubtedly punitive with the way he treats mistakes. So we could see Ronald Jones get yanked pretty quickly. But for a guy like Leonard Fournette, I just can't find myself buying him at really whatever his cost is going to be. And if this drops the Ronald Jones price enough, he's a guy who I'd be back in on in fantasy draft after his price really skyrocketed over the past few months going from an 8th, 7th, 6th now up into the 5th round. He's a guy that was getting a bit priced out for me, but with the news of Leonard Fournette signing, I think that could provide cover to get back in on Ronald Jones, and I really don't see much of their backups making that much of a difference. Dari Ogunbowale got some receiving run last year, but it seems like LaShawn McCoy might just steal that job and not really 
eat too much into Ronald Jones's job himself, and Daria Gumbawale could just be kicked back to his special teams role, and Leonard Fournette, a guy so unspecial that teams weren't willing to take on a measly hit of $4 million this late in the year. It's not like there are massive free agents left. It's really like Jadavion Clowney, Devonta Freeman, who's probably just going to get a veteran minimum at this point. There are not a ton of free agents out there. Your cap is what it is at this point. $4 million in a seventh round pick or just the waiver claim. Not that much. So so I don't think the Bucks have a very high value on Leonard Fournette, a guy that they thought would be nice to have around. Indeed, an above average backup. I don't know if he's an above average starter. I'm not sure it matters too much. Ronald Jones, still the guy as of now. Certainly fragile, a guy that could get benched for making mistakes and has above average backups, including Keyshawn Vaughn behind him. But given Leonard Fournette's little value to the team and given Keyshawn Vaughn's mostly quiet and absent because being on the COVID list training camp, I still think Ronald Jones maybe becomes a value once again with this move. Next move we have here is that Justin Jefferson starting the year as the number three receiver in Minnesota. ESPN's Courtney Cronin projects Justin Jefferson to be the number three receiver as opposed to the number two receiver. Their first round draft pick out of LSU, he was a guy who got a ton of run out of the slot, but it is interesting that he doesn't seem to have a perfect role carved out for him on this team, obviously by the fact that he is appearing to open the season as the number three receiver behind Ola B.C. Johnson. You've got Adam Thielen, a traditional big slot, kind of like a Michael Thomas mold, and then you've got Irv Smith, who could also really play in the slot, a great receiving tight end. So Justin Jefferson, not going to open the year as the starting number two receiver, probably the number three receiver. And this is a team that loves to get their fullback in when they pair them with Alexander Madison, when they pair their fullback with Dalvin Cook. And they also run a lot of two tight end with the aforementioned Irv Smith, with Kyle Rudolph, and even I believe Tyler Conklin gets some run as a tight end there. So Justin Jefferson, probably a guy you can entirely leave off your fantasy radar And because their first round pick is providing so little to start the year, it appears I am all in on Adam Thielen just being a dominant market share guy. We've seen it in the past where he started with that string of 100 yard games to 2018. Now they're without Stephon Diggs and it appears that Justin Jefferson is just not going to be able to come close to replacing what Stephon Diggs gave them. Adam Thielen, a guy we are all in on here. KJ Hamler could start the season on IR. IR is a bit different this year. You can come off IR within three weeks, so this doesn't really have the long-term hit that it might used to have, but now this just frees up maybe a handful of more targets for guys like Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, but really this offense is so spread out into who they're going to be passing it to, even without KJ Hamler on the field. They have maybe two alpha receivers and an awesome dominant tight end on an offense that we saw last year under Drew Locke was both low efficiency and low volume. This is an offense you can probably just fade even with the news of KJ Hamler going down. Next piece of news we have here, a handful of pieces of Patriots news specifically, the first one of which was that they released wide receiver Mohamed Sanu, traded a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu in a completely failed attempt to add some receiver depth after cycling through Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown in recent years. Sanu goes just 207 yards and a lone score after New England acquired him from the Atlanta Falcons. His departure might clear the way for Nikhil Harry to start, but you know, being alongside a target hog like Julian Edelman, being alongside one of the best receiving backs like James White, and doing nothing as a rookie are all really bad signs for Nikhil Harry's long-term outlook. Has not had a great training camp. Harry's 105 yards don't really, that's not inspiring. In fact, it's very bad. For a team that was particularly thin at wide receiver, their first round pick to hardly take the field at all, not be particularly efficient, not produce yardage at really a a notable rate at all. Nikhil Harry is shaping up to be a bust. Now this is a team with Cam Newton under center that projects to run even more than they have in recent years. I find it difficult to be drafting Nikhil Harry at his current draft cost. 
Damian Harris could miss week one. Boy, how the Patriots tables have turned in their backfield. Damian Harris was a darling for about a month while we thought Sonny Michelle, Lamar Miller could both miss the start of the season. Now it looks like Harris is in that position that he could miss the start of the season. The Patriots face Miami in week one. That would have been the perfect chance for him to turn his career around. Another early round pick from the Patriots that appears set to bust last year gets just four carries. When you see guys who have a path to opportunity for Nikhil Harry, it was a thin receiving room. For Damian Harris, it was Sony Michelle grinding out 3.6 yards per carry ahead of him, and they still can't even get on the field, let alone produce while they're on the field. That tells you a lot about who they are as players. Guys who bust that hard early in their career typically don't come back from it, especially in a fantasy sense. They're not guys we can count on to be fantasy producers going forward. Now, Damian Harris, after getting four carries as a rookie, is set to miss week one. He's a guy who could just continue to be inactive throughout his time in New England. And this does put us in an interesting position trying to figure out, do we want Sony Michelle? Do we want Lamar Miller? I hate to say it, Sony Michelle at least becoming a reasonable value once again, but I do think that the only guy I'm confident in investing in in this backfield is James White. Last year, Sony Michelle massively inefficient. I don't think that's going to turn around a ton because he's just not a particularly special player. He doesn't have a ton of attributes that let him produce yardage after contact. He isn't evading tackles at a crazy high rate. And now Lamar Miller could eat into his workload at least more so than guys like Damian Harris did or did not at all last year. Guys like Rex Burkhead didn't really have much of an impact. Lamar Miller at least probably has more of an impact than those guys did last year. So James White, the target hog out of the backfield, is really the only player that I think is worth drafting at their cost. Maybe if you want to dip in on Sony Michelle, former first round pick, projected to get a lot of carries. Efficiency can only go up even if I don't think he really has a path to be an electric playmaker. At least he could be better than he was last year, but still not a guy I think you can really get excited about. Maybe you can project for some floor production. Maybe if he has a successful week one against this awful Miami running defense, you can flip him in trades in your season-long leagues, but overall just a guy that I think maybe gives you a floor of 10 or so touches a game, 10 or so really just carries. He's not even a receiver at all out of the backfield. So 10 to 12 rushes on the ground. He does have Cam Newton drawing away linebackers. That typically helps running backs be more efficient but a guy that, yeah, a floor projection of a handful of carries. Not really a guy you can look to for any upside. Last piece of news, I want to say this is a big one, but at this point, it's hard to even say that. Breaking, I guess, Josh Gordon signs with the Seahawks. Gordon is still awaiting judgment on his reinstatement. He applied for reinstatement, but hasn't heard back yet. He is currently suspended for both PED and substance abuse violations. If he does end up taking the field, he's only going to be at most the number three receiver on this team behind DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And we saw last year when he was with the Seahawks, he made a handful of crucial plays. I believe he made like a third and long in the fourth quarter or even overtime in the middle of the season, but he's not a guy who's actually producing a ton of, he wasn't really producing anything. He had seven catches, 139 yards. He was in five games, only started one game was on the field for less than 40% of the team snaps. I think he adds an interesting dynamic as a really viable third receiver, but at this point in his career, at 29 years old, playing on three teams in the past three seasons and being suspended time and time and time again, he really just adds an interesting dynamic as as maybe a field stretcher at this point to a team as a third receiver. He's not really a guy who we can expect to put up much, if any, fantasy points. Maybe if the if the Seahawks are in an interesting showdown slate. He's a guy who you could try and get on a deep rust stack, but really season-long fantasy, he's not a guy that I care to be rostering too much, if at all. All right, that is going to do it for the Osmo Daily Fantasy Football Newsroom. 
please go and check out osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. You get access to some of the best tools you can find for just $29.95 and that $35 credit to the FFPC. And of course, we have a ton of awesome season long content coming out at osmo.com. So go ahead and check all of that out as well. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. I will catch you tomorrow for the next edition of the Osmo Daily Fantasy Football Newsroom. See you then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.